Live tweet while listening to this episode of Oh So Insecure using the hashtag OSInsecure. My self-righteous co-workers acting like I'm leaving out all the Latino kids on purpose. I just expected more from you. I would leave, but I literally just filled up the water. Never knew that I could feel like I know I dropped a lot on you at Kiss and Grinds. Yeah, it kind of was, but we were both pretty drunk. I wasn't that drunk. I gotta check and see if I have jury duty. Lawrence Walker. Jury number three. I am all about my rotation. I'm about to add a new one tonight. He Latino. See, bitch. <laughs> it was really racist. That's how I like it. Yeah. Oh, so insecure. Uh, hella shook, hella shook. Uh, that I was, and that I still am, hella shook. <laughs> so, um, fifth episode in the second season, and Issa is still going strong. Um, I looked up the numbers for this episode, and it was 1.322 million viewers, and I am happy to call myself uh, one of the 1.3 million. Um, Getting right down to business, hella shook. Oh my god, this was an exceptional episode. Um, I guess a lot of twists and turns and a very emotional ride. Uh, not more so than others, but that seemed to be the running theme of this particular episode. Um, diving right in, we got Molly in Chicago. Uh, with three different storylines, Lawrence and his shenanigans, Issa and her dating, of course, and then Molly and... Mm, her feelings I'll say um, we open up with Molly in Chicago uh, and, and discussing which is a really funny thing that I thought was brought up is that um, co-worker asked her you know did you, you still haven't told them that you know the white boys didn't pay more to you and she's like you know I ain't supposed to know um, I just spent four years at that firm I'm not giving that up I'm not worried about that like it's this whole idea that you have to kind of just keep the peace and, and keep it going and like what is the the other alternative there because she could bring it up but then it's how did you find out and even though it was their mistake next is is there going to be possibly um termination you know and she's a lawyer so i'm sure it can be fought or whatever and i, I guess i'm kind of rambling but just in that moment of her realizing or figuring hell it's worth more the battle is just not worth it you know that right out the gate kind of slapped me in the face like damn you know she knows this man is getting paid more than her and whatever else but i like the idea that uh she's venturing out and taking her her career into her own hands which is something i've kind of been latched on to since she saw that check with all those uh figures behind it that wasn't hers so that's good um i also like that though we know she's in chicago visiting for work working on a project from hannah we don't see hannah like we only see her and her black male co-worker we see and they're discussing how black the the firm is that they're in that branch of the firm just this whole dripping blackness where this white woman hannah although she is important to the story or to this particular storyline is she really that important you know the scene went on without her she's been established if she pops up again great if she doesn't that's fine too so i like that um but now we go into questioning of catching feelings that's kind of the the through line between east and daniel 
we uh, get them watching Nini, and I have to admit that I really like seeing them together. Um, she showed up at his house, trying to talk sexy through the door, and he met her with, I'll shoot you, who is this? Um, joking and playing around, which was cute or whatever, but I really like the idea of seeing Issa and Daniel together. I don't know why that is, maybe because they're both dark-skinned, they're both attractive, that that like visually just seeing it is I enjoy it but I don't know if the history that was brought over from the first season if that's something that's motivating me to kind of like it more or if it's just I just plain and simple just like seeing them uh more on that as this story develops (laughs) but um what I like about this particular storyline is that Issa, at first I was like, man, like, damn, you about to turn him down. You not already fucked him over in the first season and now y'all done got back together and you're doing this and that. But I can't tell who is into who and who isn't, like who's catching feelings because they're having sex. And, you know, they have history and they were friends. So they have this bond or whatnot. But the way the story is written and the way that they act, it's very unclear to me because at times I felt like Issa was kind of falling for him or showing signs that maybe she was interested I don't know perhaps it's all in my head I just (laughs) speaking of how I felt but at other times it seems as if Daniel was really into her but then on the third look it's almost like okay well is Daniel playing her is she playing him is it she's into him and don't want to admit it and she's putting up these walls or is it just point blank period she's not into him romantically but he's a good fuck and same for him is it that he's into her is he truly over her saying that he's an itch she needed to scratch because back in season one he was like doing all the things that you would do trying to date somebody and it was obvious and apparent that he liked her so um, but what I do appreciate about Issa this go round is that, like she said, you know, hey, last time I wasn't as upfront. I'm trying to be upfront now. I'm, you know, we're good. We're not into no relationship thing. It's just you and I kicking it. And he's like, yeah, you know, that's what it is. I'm not tripping. So I thoroughly enjoyed, and I'll be saying that a lot, thoroughly enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed. But I really enjoyed that honest conversation and that it wasn't a whole big thing. It was just plainly this is what it is there was no this is a plot device where oh somebody's going to cheat again or somebody's being dishonest this is real life sometimes you fuck up and then other times you get a second chance was right so really 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 happy to see that go go good job Issa. and then um throughout throughout the series we get uh Issa, Issa and daniel together hugged up laid up what I want to know is anybody from LA or living in LA, pastrami tacos, that's a thing? Like, what's up with that? Never heard of it being from the Midwest and now in Dallas. I can't say that I've ever heard of that, but uh, <laughs> I would imagine it's a real thing. Anyone out there got a recipe or know of a place in the DFW area or just know? I don't know. <laughs> Your mama makes some good pastrami tacos. Let me know because I like to try that. Um, going forward, we got Lawrence with his coworkers. Get this call to jury duty, blah, blah, whatever. Getting back to Easter, Easter and Molly are setting up for Molly's parents, Val Renewal, and mentions her little hotation and the shit that she got going on. And yeah, I'm talking to Daniel, but it ain't that serious. He know what's up. And I just, I like this 
evolution of Issa where she can do her doing her <laughs> do her little rotation thing and I, I don't see an end game. I don't know what it is, and I don't care. Like, I'm just happy to be along for the ride. I'm kind of hoping her and Lawrence do not cross paths for the rest of this season because I don't... I like seeing them independently, and I don't know if it's the idea of the show to kind of bring them back together eventually or if it's just like, look, they were together, they split up, this is real life, this is kind of what happens. So, on the one hand, I'm hoping that we go through to three, four, five, six seasons, and we just go, and that's that, like a soap opera almost, just a daily in the day of the life type thing, but then on the other hand, it's like, oh, if they do get back together, is that going to be this huge fairy tale moment of, oh, I'm finally back with you, and oh, we working out, and you know, you got a good job, and you're doing your damn thing, and I'm doing mine, it's like, I don't know, I just don't see Issa as being the same girl she was when she was with Lawrence, when she cheated on Lawrence, the aftermath of the breakup, and then now, like, she's a totally different person, and as is he, but it's like, I don't... I'll say it like this. If they get back together, great. I'm all for it. If they don't, I'll be just as excited, if not more, because things don't always work out. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I've given up on trying to predict what's going to happen, especially... (laughs) <laughs> with the introduction of Dro and his situation and all that, like, yeah, I'm I've given up on trying to predict. I'm just sitting back and enjoying the damn series. Um so we also get Issa <laughs> at work and her versus Frida. And I still don't know a hundred percent how I feel about this. Like I know Frida's still upset about the issue with Mr. Gaines, which okay, I mean I get it, it's possibly upsetting fine but what I don't I kind of with Issa with you're still hung up on that and I guess it's because like Issa said the shit that we deal with as black people minorities on a daily you have the privilege to be upset about this when it's just like no this is just shit that happens you know sometimes you run into a shitty white guy who's in charge of a program and make sure that only his white students are getting serviced or whatever you know and then now you just happen to have this black guy Mr. Gaines doing what we usually see white men do and but to Frida's point bringing up you know if this was a white man would this conversation even be the same and I feel her there so I don't know I'm a little torn um I don't think any child should be left behind um I'm kind of confused on what the issue is with the program because the way I saw it was they presented a program at the school, they give you the option to join the program um, in a school that's largely, has a large um, Latino, Hispanic um, population. And the kids didn't show up. They brought it to the attention of Mr. Gaines and he said he'd take care of it and then all the black kids showed up. Like I'm kind of confused as to I think I'm missing something, and if you know what it is that I'm missing, please tweet me, Carefree Blurred, um, using the hashtag OSInsecure. <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, did he just put pressure on the black students to show up or on the black teachers to get the black kids there? Like, I would imagine most of the classes are as integrated as possible, like mixed, but a lot probably has majority, you know, Hispanic students. So I don't I don't know. And if I am hope I'm making sense with my... Um, unclarity <laughs> so 
I don't. I just don't understand what is it that Mr. Gaines has done to secure a classroom full of black students that wasn't already presented to the entire school. You know, so, and I know it's very different to get pressure from an authority figure versus just showing up at a program on your own. But I don't. I kind of don't see the. I'm missing something. I'm missing a link that has me understanding how all the black kids even showed up. But whatever. <laughs> Past that. Um, Frida's upset at that, you know, rightfully so. Those are her feelings. They're justified. But in the same token, it's like, um, I think Issa said, you know, black people can't be racist, which, you know, yeah, true. And then <laughs> Frida gives her the Webster's definition of racism. She said, so you're just going to get all literal as if that's not what you do when you talk is get literal. But it seemed like a very, now I want to say all lives matter because that's, kind of <laughs> dumping on Frida too hard but it just seemed I was very conflicted and I still am um, I'm interested to see how this storyline plays out just because I don't fully have my head in the game as to who's right and who's wrong who's a little bit right a little bit wrong or vice versa but I do like that in this comedy about black life you do have this semi more serious issue that is written it may never have a um um a, a end result it may never like be finalized to say who's right and who's wrong but i just like that these two characters Issa and frida are dealing with this um more to that point like to the program itself we have the we got y'all staff or whatever having their little retreat on saturday which is unpaid i, I guess whatever but they getting up and discussing who's going to be the next director of student outreach and you know Issa's the only black person there so i was like oh, i know they're going to make her the token but they brought up a scenario of oh there's a kid who's not paying attention i think and now he's acting out or whatever and all her tone deaf ass co-workers were giving all these seemingly appropriate answers but it was just like it took Issa to say, just ask the kid what the hell is wrong. It don't always got to be drugs. It don't always got to be gangs. It don't have to be a messed up family home. Maybe they're just are bored. Maybe they're not feeling challenged. Maybe they're just having a bad day. So it's just like, ugh, these little microaggressions you get from these white and white passing and kind of snobbish people. It's like stuff that you see in the the real world is stuff that I've come across myself with co-workers even working from um Jesus a desk job to a factory job to doing retail to construction I've encountered all of these different types of tone deaf ass comments from people who some think they're meaning well and others are just ignorant as hell so I don't know I just I hope that her and Frida don't fall out like completely but I mean if they do that's life you know that's part of the real world too but I'll say the thing I love the most about this particular episode is that we have the reunion of series but Cece from um, uh, Awkward Black Girl and I again thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> seeing their small interaction with each other and I'm hoping that maybe we can ride out the next few episodes with them together in their dynamic even though or even if it isn't the same as Awkward Black Girl, CC and Issa, Sarah and Issa. It still does my heart a world of good to see them on screen together talking. I don't know. It's I'm getting the nostalgia bubbles. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, Issa and Daniel, um, 
Issa goes on, you know, with Daniel, pastrami tacos and this, that, and the other. She talks with um, Molly about her parents' vow renewal, and it's like, you know, Daniel texts her. She got the little butterflies, the smile on her face, and it's like, no, nah, we good. You know, we are, we're friends who fuck, and this is what we're doing, and blah, blah, whatever. And she's like, oh, I want to keep this in my rotation. And that, I love this awkward-ass black girl who is like evolving right before our eyes like she seems i don't know if it's intentional or if i'm just putting this on her and on the show but she seems to get a little bit more confident and a little bit more a little better at handling herself in these romantic and flirting and dating situations because as we can see she started off horribly awkward sex horrible hookups bad at the bar and now she's kind of getting her footing on the internet app dating thing she's meeting guys and she's a little smoother than before she's dressing sexy i mean she always look good but she amazing i i feel like it's done intentionally because i mean it's film cinema visual arts like i would imagine this is done on purpose but it just seems like she's evolving and growing as a character still awkward still goofy but more polished if that makes any sense um she goes on a date with a tinder date a potential bay nico and i love it she had this badass blue dress hair natural skin just fucking popping just, uh, just bad as hell so she shows up and it's an older guy i think he his profile said he was 46 and i'm like okay i'm i'm with this like you're not limiting yourself to just whatever these guys are in your age range and in your not tax bracket in your demographic like you're doing you're venturing out and i like that um i'm not a black woman so of course i don't know what the there's no consensus overall but i don't know what the idea is like this experience that she's having with nico i don't know if that's a lot of black women's women's um experience like oh i'm going to try out this guy of a different race this older guy this guy who's substantially younger like i know what i see on tv but me not having that lived in experience it's good to see this um favorite part of all though of this date is that we find out Issa is a Marvel girl. Carefree black nerd all day. The lights went up. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> Her and Nico um, doing a little play flirt fight over Marvel versus DC. And that was like, oh my God, this show is so grounded in reality. It's ridiculous. And not just any, just my reality. Being a black person, being a person of color. Yeah millennial generation x whatever like just being i don't know i just y'all can't sing the praises enough for this dot damn show she just and we got a little bit of rapping and shit what she was talking about i think nico said he's ordered some horchata and she's damn i had it written down but her talking about she was a horchata she said i hope you're good with your hands and you'd be better if you're good with that dick just overall, Issa is fucking killing it. Um, to take a couple steps back, her at the We Got Y'all retreat or whatever, Saturday, determined director of student outreach program, whatever, blah, blah, blah. She um, had on this public enemy shirt, and I it never fails. Every episode, there's one, two, three, or four pieces of clothing that I'm like, oh, I got to get my hands on. So I guess I should take the initiative and Google and see if there is an insecure shop. If not... Issa get on that and then take 
all of my money. Um, and we get a fan favorite, Amal. He comes back where she calls him because she's venting. And this is something I've done myself before. Calling my sister, uh, pleading my story, trying to make sure I'm right. And then my sister's very honest, so she'll let me know, no, nah, nigga, you wrong. No, that's stupid. Oh, why'd you do that? And then I get mad, lash out and hang up. And it was very much an experience that I, uh, <laughs> that was so personal and so, um, relatable to me with her and Amal talking about Aladdin in a sex scene and some little white girl who they were friends with back in the day and her lying and Issa being right. It was just like, oh, she's such a geek. I love it. I love it. But we got to see Amal, even though it was just for maybe a minute or two, I'm hoping he comes back and we see a little bit more of him, uh, mainly him and Kelly <laughs> going at it. I'd love to see more of that. But um. Oh, so we get the whole ending of the date with Issa and Nico. And what's making me think that maybe this is going to go in a different direction is that Issa, I guess she, of course she wanted to sleep with him because in, he's in her rotation. And he was like, no, you know, he paid for the, the bill. He's like, well, you know, I have an early flight, but this will give us a reason to see each other again. And she was... I don't know if I'm just not reading it right, but it felt like she was like really into him. Like, oh, okay, that's cool. And it wasn't necessarily about the sex. Either way, I'd like to see Nico pop up again. Maybe an awkward Nico, Lawrence, Issa meet up some kind of way. I don't know. It just would, it'd be nice. Um, speaking of Lawrence, his storyline is essentially him stressing about one, jury duty, being let off of jury duty. But in the midst of that, kind of stressing over Issa because he's sitting at jury duty waiting to see if he's going to be called um I forget how it happened but he got on to Kelly's Snapchat or Instagram saw Kelly being loud and crazy with her wild ass and then zoomed in which I assume is Snapchat because the picture was so large but zoomed in behind her to see Issa and Daniel talking which prompted him to do what Issa did in the first or second episode which is hunt down cyberstalk daniel king and Issa d like <laughs> that's just i guess what you do now and got himself so upset like stressing to the point where he was at the bar with Derek. which again like i said i like kelly i like Derek, but i like them together but seeing Derek and lawrence talking at the bar i kind of like Derek and would like to see more of him separate of tiffany like, I don't know, I don't know, I just have this weird relationship with the characters on this show where I'm feeling one way and then something changes and some stay consistent, but other, I don't know, whatever. But Derek pretty much tells me, like, you know, don't worry about it, you know, and me and Kelly stopped discussing you and Issa because it always led to an argument. We can't bring y'all up. Which, side note, I'm kind of thinking, is that part of the reason why Derek was in a hotel for six months? Or is that just part of the conversation? Like, I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. And that's probably just a throwaway, like, scene that they came up with. This We might never get the answer to this at all. But I'm determined to figure out what's going on. Because if I don't get to the bottom of this, if it's not explained before the end of episode 8, I'm going to go into my fan casting mode and and do some canon work, rearranging stuff and come up with my own scenario in my head as to why Derek was in a hotel for six months. Like, (laughs) I'll do it. Um, Also, so Derek's like, you know, 
yeah, it's upsetting, and no, no one has talked to me about it. Me and Kelly don't discuss y'all, but bruh, Lawrence, you are not innocent in all of this. Like, for the last two years of your five year relationship, you spent them on the couch. And Lawrence is, you know, gets offended, and understandably so, because he's living the experience. You can't always look objectively at your own life when you're as you can with someone else. Sarah could come up to you and say, hey, um, my boyfriend Michael is mad at me and yelling at me again. And you're like, okay, girl, leave him or work it out. You know, you can give some clear-cut answers because it's not your life. But when you're living in this experience, it takes a couple times to maybe look at yourself, take yourself out of it, and at the situation as a whole. So him getting upset, like I wasn't mad at Lawrence for that, but it was like, mm, you got to kind of see what your responsibility or your the part you played in this which like Derek said yeah she wasn't she wasn't right for cheating she was very wrong but I can see he said I think verbatim it was like but I could see how she could fall for a guy who's working something to that effect pretty much Daniel had a job and just that was a job that he loved that he was doing and working for himself but even if it was one he hated he still had a job so I don't know. All in all, I feel like I'm still Team Lawrence. And I'll tell you why <laughs> after the jump. No, um, I'm Team Lawrence because it, much like Issa trying to figure out and grow with this hoeing thing and becoming her, this new person and not really focusing on feeling so much. I feel like Lawrence is going through this period of growth. Like, yes, the split up happened, and now you're on your own. You have some residual feelings from before. As we can see in the last couple episodes, he's been at Issa's house. He's been cyber-stalking her would-be, almost, maybe, boyfriend, and looking at her page. And even though he's going forward with his career, with his car, with his place of residence, just in general, he's hitting these bumps along the way, like the threesome with the Make America Great Again girls, and... Um, standing up Chad and the shit with Tasha and even now being drawn back into this relationship he had with Issa and I admire that he's not just completely bad or just completely good like he's living his life as best as he can he's in his what is it late 20s early 30s and you just don't have shit figured out yet everyone doesn't and he doesn't and it's like we're getting a peek behind the curtain where it's not just, oh, Lawrence was cheated on, what was him? He was the victim. No, he was complicit in some of the things, but he's not all the way wrong, and Issa's not all the way wrong, and he's not all the way right, and Issa's not all the way right. That's why I'm still holding on. I mean, I love Issa, Team Issa. That goes without being said, but just with the way he's kind of, this character is developing and unfolding and getting all these different layers to him, and yeah, you might not like him, you might think he's ugly, you might think he's not worth the trouble, and whatever else, but all in all, he's just trying to do better, and he's not going to be great at everything, just like Issa, she wasn't great at, quote-unquote, hoeing at the beginning, and now she's getting her platinum hoe car pretty soon. <laughs> so, um, and we pretty much end with Lawrence, like, focusing on this cyber sleuthing trying to investigate what's what and having to deal with the idea that nigga yes she cheated and yes she's with that guy you must care and even if you don't 
you have to acknowledge that maybe you had a part in this and that's the thing that probably hurts more than anything because yeah Issa cheated but it'd be so much easier if y'all were just doing so great and she just cheated and that was it but to know that you had somewhat of a hand in this might not be a big hand but enough of a hand to make you know to set off this chain of events it's like man that that can't feel great so i mean i don't know if you have a different feeling on lawrence um be you hate him or love him i just like to kind of hear what other people think about him as a character you know not versus Issa, but in the same vein as Issa, how she's kind of getting more refined in what she's doing versus him and how he's kind of unraveling and advancing at the same time um Oh, one more thing. <laughs> back jumping back to Issa and Daniel. Uh Issa gets <laughs> Issa doing like a lot of people, sitting on her phone at the light, um, on her Tinder profile, talking to a guy, his name Potential Bay, <laughs> and talking about how um, oh I like your profile picture, oh I like yours too, blah, whatever. And there's someone laying on their horn behind her. <laughs> her first reaction is where you got to be which is like yeah that's me as well if i'm at a light even if it's my fault or if it's not if i hear somebody blowing i'm like what chill you know i'm in the right not you um after that she um receives a photo which is a dick pic and causes her to crash directly into the back of the um the suburban in front of her now the funny thing about this is <laughs> in my head i saw everything that happened but now since watching this um episode this past sunday whenever you be it on tv or if i saw an accident like out in the street on the highway or whatever no matter what from here on out if i see someone rear end somebody i'm just gonna assume they got a dick pic i don't care man woman old young um day night whatever if i <laughs> see a car hit the back of a car i'm just gonna assume you just got a dick pic (laughs) oh shit okay enough of that so um finally uh we get to the meat and potatoes (laughs) molly and dro (sighs) molly shows up to her parents val renewal and i love her parents let me see what's the name cc is the mom's nickname but what is her name candace and no no Candace is Dro's wife god damn it what is the mama name uh Dro's t-shirt <laughs> um mm, god dang it I wrote it down and I'm trying to oh Carol and David lovely lovely couple and I oh god they were just so again familiar like this show I'm like is this how white people feel when they watch Law and Order, uh, Modern Family, um, fucking Castle, uh, like all, all these shows. Like, do you get this like feeling of oh, this is my life, this is me? You can relate to every goddamn thing on the TV. <laughs> I don't know, but seeing her beautiful parents and then her brothers walk in, which I'm still confused. Were both of those guys her brothers, or was it a brother and then like a brother best friend? I feel like they both were her brothers, but. It didn't really bother me that I didn't know for sure because that wasn't the point. Um, but within this issue with Molly and the parents Val Renault in their backyard, she is constantly, what she's been doing kind of since the first episode, 
harping on being in a relationship like our parents, people being in love like our parents. When Dro brought up him and Candace's open marriage, oh, is nobody like my parents anymore? It's like, girl, relax. Your parents are just people. Um, so I don't know if it was like motivated, which I'm pretty sure it was motivated by wanting the life that her parents have and the running that she had with Dro last episode with the open marriage potential sexual hookup. But she brought Lionel um, to the vow renewal. You know, talking to her messy ass ATs. They talking about, oh, if I was 25 years younger and this and that. But the um, main point is that after Lionel and uh, Dro met and we go forward a little bit, the aunts are talking about how they didn't think that Molly's parents would make it 35 years versus even five years. You know, all the shit that he put her through, which set Molly off. And. Ugh, I have thoughts. Molly in this temper tantrum that she threw in the kitchen talking to her brother. And her brother's like, Molly, relax. Yeah, dad cheated on mom. They worked through it. It was a long time ago. Which, there was, we weren't given a specific date. But I imagine that either it was, what had to be after the kids were born. And I take it that Molly is the oldest. Either she's the oldest or the middle. Like, I can't place her with her brothers. But I want to say that the brother in the kitchen she was talking to maybe the oldest and it may have happened when he was a kid and maybe young enough where Molly wasn't born or she wouldn't remember regardless or even no because the way he was speaking about it made it seem as if he had to have been older so I don't know wherever it falls in the relationship and the family dynamic Molly oh god in there cussing up a storm in the kitchen her mama walking like girl watch your mouth lower your voice she shouts out how could you cheat on mom oh god and her mama's like look that was a long time ago and how could you stay with him and i was just i guess this is good writing because i was honestly irritated at molly like girl calm the fuck down that's their marriage not yours yes you might idolize them but mm, it's you're well beyond the years to understand that they're just people. Shit happens. Um, but the fact that I had such an emotional reaction, like, girl, what the fuck is wrong with you? Calm down. That That's like, as frustrating as Molly was, that was, everything was acted well, written well. I felt like she was doing too much and centering herself in a situation that had nothing to do with her. Um, it'd be much different if, I guess her dad had a secret family or one of the kids wasn't his or whatever but your parents work through prom like your parents haven't been this same 60 year old couple forever they've been young and they've had their problems like I don't assume all married couples have cheated and whatever else but again it's also none of my business if all other married couples have cheated or whatever so Molly's reaction was just like oh you are really doing a lot because even if you're upset now you're going the extra mile to ruin their day because you are mad at some information that you found out that had nothing to do with you it was just so odd um but even worse than that she walks out the house passes Lionel who's like hey are you all right and just ignores him makes a beeline to her car drawing him share a look and he's like okay I'll I'll go get it he goes up to her, gets in the car, and they drive off. And I'm thinking, like, Molly, 
stopping right there she had a conversation with her brother a little bit before about her not really liking Lionel she's like you trying to be like our parents uh and you don't even like this nigga and she's like oh well you just married a stripper and you mad he was like no I love her she trapped me (laughs) but I love her but everybody's not going to be like our parents so fast forward (laughs) back to her ignoring Lionel and in the car with drone it's just like you're that self-centered and that spoiled and that much of a brat that at 30 years old you are upset over some infidelity that has nothing to do with you that happened eons ago and you're mad yes it's your parents I get that but you're so upset that you're gonna ruin their day and leave your date at their house like what are you doing you would think her husband cheated on her or I don't know any other number of things would have happened I was thoroughly confused there's that word again thoroughly but i was like what i don't know but then again i don't i'm not a girl and i'm not a girl that grew up with her mom and dad being daddy's little girl or whatever like i don't i don't know what lived in experience because i'm sure that the response that she had a lot of people probably would have me i wouldn't like well, y'all grown y'all that's what y'all doing but I see how that's an honest reaction, I'm sure. It's just not one that I agree with. I'm like, relax. I don't know. So all this comes to a head when we get to Molly's house and Joel's walking her to the door like, look, you're upset. You know, get some rest. She's like, look, how you going to get home? He's like, oh, I'll take a lift. And she lets him walk off and then comes through the door, grabs him, pulls him back into the lobby. And we go upstairs to see him having sex when <laughs> they they fucking like rabbits and it's such a I oh god I love this show so much just because like her reaction I would say it's emotional but I don't want to blame the sex they had on her being upset because it feels like that's too because to say that is to say that they would have had sex regardless to if she knew he was in an open relationship or not and at the beginning of this setup her and him uh, Molly and Drew discussed the kiss and grind when he talked about them having an open marriage and him and Molly being able to be physical with each other and it be okay. And her response is like, no, like, you know, you might not have been drunk, and but I was a little tipsy and that's not something I want. Be you an uh, open marriage or not, that's not how I see my life. And I just, I don't know. I just like the messiness that is this show Maybe because it's bringing up these things that are real, that happen daily, that are actual things that you can't say, oh, that's some white people stuff. Or, oh, this doesn't happen to us. This ain't black people. Yes, black people, we have open marriages. A lot of times, you have them and you don't even know you got them. But in this instance, we're able to be um, polygamous, uh, polyamorous, whatnot, uh, pansexual, bisexual, homosexual, transgendered. Um, we're able to have open situations. We're able to critically look at our sex life and decide that oh i'm going to sleep around for a while and that is okay um we're able to be educated and uneducated we're able to we don't exist in a vacuum where these things are only attributed to blonde hair and blue eyed folks bad or good and i really like the way this show ended and it makes me so hopeful for what's going forward because again i'm not going to try to predict the ending of this series or this show but hell You've opened up so many different 
and new well not so new but new to the public ideas of what it means to be black what it means to be black and young a millennial a woman a male a trans person um situ different situations and relationships like so much has been explored within these first five episodes that it's and five and then five plus the last season it's like you can't deny that this show is doing something very different and very needed um two things i read an article on facebook well no no i was in a facebook group and a guy posted insecure and was like okay what do you think about the show but whatever i think it was an article saying how Issa is approaching this show or something i didn't read the article i went straight for the comments and the majority of people were like oh i like this show some even said where where it isn't funny to me it's still a good show that i can relate to <clears throat> and there was one girl in particular who was like oh I, I don't like this i can't relate to it this is stupid uh just going on and on and again your your feelings are your own and you can feel how you want but i think because i like it so much i was like oh what the hell wrong with you but even within that girl's comment we're able to she could very well not like the show or she could have different reasons as to why she don't like it that i don't agree with or whatever but there's no denying that you're still getting something from this show that we haven't gotten one in a long time and two a lot of which we haven't gotten at all you know um like the whole thing with Lawrence and the Make America Great Again girls and that whole threesome and that whole oh you're big black cock and you oh you know um what was it Terrell or Jermaine he fucks good and oh like this whole fetish <laughs> fetishizing black bodies and black meal men to one organ and black women to be so promiscuous and welfare queens and this and that it's just <sighs> I digress I thoroughly enjoyed this show this episode even more so and I'm very excited to see what's going to happen through the rest of the season um so down to the the, the final questions <laughs> who's your favorite character and I'll have to say Dro like I am falling for dro i really enjoy chad i really enjoy Issa. i really enjoy lawrence and molly and kelly kelly is always gonna be like my carry the one carry the two plus whatever like that's always gonna be somewhere in the fine print as kelly is being a fave but dro like he seems consistent um i like this new um revelation of him and Candace's situation in their marriage um I like how he's handling things and when he approached Molly was like hey look I wasn't drunk this is what I feel she gave him her feelings he was like you know I respect that you know we'll always be cool don't have to worry about whatever and he wasn't I feel like he was a voice of reason I don't want to say he's a male Molly but I very much buy their chemistry where before I was like oh this drill person ain't really that good an actor but the more I'm in this world the more I'm falling for him and I really want to see Candace pop back up now if Candace never shows up or doesn't show up for the rest of the season I'm fine with that too because I'm enjoying drill but I would just like to see how the dynamic changes once she's reintroduced into the picture because um the show to its credit before I knew about Dro and that he'd be a consistent character or his situation with Candace I felt that there was some type of flirting chemistry something between Molly and Dro like at the, the the cupcake shop and that again was before I knew anything so there's something there pretty much Dro um, Dro is my favorite character this episode um and my favorite scene probably is Issa and Nico like that 
for Issa, gorgeous. Nico, very handsome, very stylish. The whole mood, the ambiance, the aesthetic of the um, date was just blew my mind. It was very beautiful. It was very much. It felt very, let's say, royal. It felt very sophisticated. Um, maybe that ain't the best word either, but all in all, I just felt good watching it. And nothing about it pulled me out of the scene. Even switching to Issa doing her little, oh, I'm a horchata, or oh, you're good with your hands, are you good with your dick? Like all of that raunchy rap shit that she does did not pull me out of it and yes the Marvel DC talk was a plus but that's not the reason for me liking the scene like overall it was just a very nice scene even her texting Daniel like oh you know we, we can't get together blah blah whatever like the whole just overall that scene within itself if I just watched it alone not knowing what else is going on it still works so <laughs> ultimately Dro is my fan favorite of this week and favorite scene has to be the Issa in a blue dress devil in a blue dress girl you a killer <laughs> so please in the SoundCloud comments um, or you know also on Twitter use an OS insecure hashtag let me know who's your favorite character for this week and what was your favorite scene um what you think about the episode? Uh, what you think about this episode of Always Oh So Insecure? Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm alone on this one, y'all. Uh, I may have a guest for next week's episode. Uh, if you want to be a guest, we got three more episodes to go. You know, hit me up. We can do a little recording together and I can get some more thoughts on uh, Issa and Lawrence and which team you're on. Um, so, as always, it'll be Team Issa. Um, that kind of goes without saying just because this is her brainchild and she's amazing but um, still Team Lawrence, Lawrence Hive holding strong because I feel like homeboy is getting this shit together or trying to and that <laughs> that's enough for me right now but yeah, Dro and Chad let's let's see what's going to come for these next couple episodes so um, of course always email me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com Please hit me on the Twitters at CarefreeBlurred. Use the hashtag OSInsecure or CBNPod. That'd be great. Um, I don't know. Meet me back here next time and check the Carefree Black Nerd feed for the Season 3 to roll out and the pool and everything else. So until next Sunday and then next Wednesday, <laughs> um, stay carefree, stay insecure, and stay in an open marriage. And off of your exit social media. I don't know. Alright, y'all. Uh...